We worship you, Lamb of God. Yes, Lord. There's no other beside you and nobody like you. You're glorious and high and worthy to be exalted. The heavens and the earth, they bow down before you. They sing of your majesty and they say you are glorious. You are worthy. You are seated in splendor. In majesty you are enthroned, O Lamb of God. Stephen saw you and he said, I see the glory of the Lord. And I see the Lamb, I see Jesus at his right hand side. You overcame death that we may have life. You are glorious Lamb of God. We worship you, O Lamb of God. We give you praise, we give you glory for who you are. We give you all the honor for who you are. You are seated in majesty. To whom shall we compare you to or liken you to God? There's nobody. You say in your word, I told it before time. I know the beginning and the end. Who else knows your beginning and the end? Nobody but you. Our trust is in you this afternoon. Our faith is in you, Lord. Like little children looking up to their father to give them their food. Our eyes are lifted up to you. Waiting on what you have for us, oh God. Waiting for you, Holy Spirit, to move in your own way. Because we don't have any tactics. We don't have any ability in us, children, Lord. Anything. We come just as we are. Just as children, Lord. Desiring you and you alone. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lamb of God. We love you, most glorious one. We love you. We love you. Take all the glory. Take all the honor. Wonderful Holy Spirit, touch each and every heart. Touch each and every man. I have no ability of anything, but all I know is that I'm a vessel unto you. All I know is that you said I should come and drink and from my bellies shall flow rivers. And that is the word I stand on. All I know is that you said, like you talked into Jeremiah, when he said, no, I'm young, I'm a child. You said you put your word in my mouth. That is all I know. All I know is that you said your word is a flame of fire. It is a hammer that crushes every rock. Let it crush every heart and heart. Let it crush anything that is not of you. And let your flame of fire burn in this place, in the hearts of men, in a way that it has never done so, O oh God. That your children, Lord, will have no reason but to say Jesus is Lord. That they'll have no reason but to run to you like never before. Lord, King of glory, I decrease that you may increase. Glorify your son, sweet, Jesus, sweet Father. Glorify. Glorify your holy name in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Isn't it wonderful to be in the house of the Lord today? It is a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. Many people woke up and they, and, and, and they couldn't even move their limbs. Some people thought they would wake up the next day, they're planned, they, get, they have all their life insurance, and they have everything sorted out, but they didn't make it today. 
The alarm didn't ring. And even if the alarm rang, the body couldn't wake up. It couldn't move because it was time. But you woke up, it wasn't the alarm that woke you up. It was Jesus. It was the Lord God Almighty. God bless you as we open our Bibles today, our title. For those of you who need a title, the title, the title is so simple. I'm going to ask um, Mr. Sewofo, please stay for me on the piano. May God bless you as you do so. The title is Look at Jesus. That's the title of the message. You needed to stand before you. Amen. Amen. I want to thank God for this opportunity to stand before you people, you blessed people of the Lord God Almighty. I want to thank God for my pastor and Mama Bernadette. I know whatever they are, they are watching. It is a privilege. It is an opportunity to stand here. It is an honor to be entrusted that I can stand this day. I want to thank my pastor, Peace, Pastor Wamichi, the pastoral team that has allowed me to stand here today. Without their acceptance, because they're my leaders, I wouldn't be standing here. So give the Lord a hand clap for that. It is truly his mercy. Remember, all leadership comes from God. There's no bypassing of any way. Amen? We got to respect that. So our title today in the word is um, Look at Jesus. Open your Bibles in the book of Isaiah chapter 53. And we will read from there and go onwards as the Holy Spirit leads us. The Bible says in Isaiah 53, verses 1, Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him. Nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Verses 4. Surely he bore, he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us, you and I, peace was on him. The ship have gone astray. By his wounds, we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. Amen. When I was reading this scripture, I asked the Lord, I asked him, what word do I share with your children today? And all I could hear in my spirit is preach Jesus. You don't need to look for any extravagant word. You don't need to look for any extravagant title. You don't need to look for any extravagant teaching in the Bible, any complicated thing. All you have to do is preach Jesus. Just talk about Jesus and that's all that matters. Just talk about Jesus and that's all you're called for. You, went, you weren't called to talk about anything else except Jesus. And today we're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to talk about the Lamb of God. We're going to talk about the one who has revealed his own self to us. Amen. The Bible says, who has believed our message and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? When you open your Bibles in the book of Hebrews, hold on, on to that chapter, Isaiah 53, and we're going to come back there. Go to Hebrews chapter 1, 
and we will read from there. It is a blessing to read the word of God. I'm telling you, the word of God is food to the soul indeed. The book of Hebrews, chapter 1, verses 5. The Bible says, For to, to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son? Today I have become your father. Then as I read this scripture, and the Lord took me to Hebrews chapter, three, chapter 1, verses 5, and I thought, to whom has the hand of the Lord been revealed? A lot of us think of angels. We think of supernatural beings. But the arm of the Lord has been revealed to mankind. The arm of the Lord has not been revealed to angels. If it was for angels, I want to tell you Jesus would have come a long time ago and died. And gone on the cross and died for the angels. Why? Because Isaiah chapter, Isaiah chapter 14 tells us that the enemy, the devil glorified himself and said I will go to heaven I will ascend to heaven and I will take the throne of God and when he did that the Lord crushed him and sent him back and destroyed him and his angels and all those who followed him a third of all the angels fell down you realize that when all those angels who had followed Satan were all imprisoned and all thrown Jesus did not come God did not say, my beloved son, will you please go for them? Will you please go save the angels? Because I created the angels. God created the angels. It is three. The Bible is telling us here, who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Has the arm of the Lord been revealed to angels? If they're so, if they're so, um, if God loves them so much? No. The arm of the Lord has been revealed to you and I. Jesus came to save you and I. Jesus came because of you and I. The Bible told us in the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verses 5, for to which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Do you know that none of the angels have ever, ever heard the word, I love you from God? Do you realize that? That God has never said, because you only say, I love you to a son. You only said, I love you to one who is your own, who you have created to love. God created us to love him, to give him love. And he created us because he loves us. The angels were created to do what? To serve him. They're his messengers. If you keep on reading in, in, in um, Hebrews there, you'll continue to see. The Bible says, for which of the angels did God ever say, you are my son? Today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. He's talking to Jesus in that verse. But also because we take, we partake of the kingdom, we partake of the sonship, we partake of the heir, we partake of that which has been given to us through Christ, we're able to stand and say, to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed to? Not to angels, to you and I. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I am sharing this to just let you know, to just help you. Maybe you will understand today by the Spirit of the living God who you are. That you will not start running around anymore. That you will stop running around the way we have been running around headless. The Bible says Jesus told us in his word. He said, I am not leaving you as orphans. I am not leaving you. Yes, they were saddened. Yes, they were worried. They said, okay, where are you going? What's happening? The disciples were worried. Just as we are in this world. We are Christians. We spend time with Jesus. The disciples spent time with Jesus. But when he said, I gotta go, they got worried. And he told them. 
do not even worry. You don't need to worry. I'm going to send you a helper. I'm sending you a comforter. I'm not leaving you as orphans. I'm not leaving you helpless. Child of God, do you know who you are? Do you know who you ought to look at? Do you know who you ought to run to? Do you know whom you ought to call? Do you know who you ought to trust? Do you know that you're not an orphan? Do you know that you're not fatherless? If you knew that you weren't fatherless, then why does the enemy come and shake you all up? Do you know that David knew his father? The Bible says David said in the book of Acts, I saw the Lord always before me. He is at my right hand side and I will not be shaken. When we look at David, we say David is a, a, a man after God's heart. God is the one who says so, that he is a man after God's own heart. We all say that and we all desire to be women and men after God's own heart. But yet we don't know the very one who created us. The Bible says in the book of Psalms chapter 103, the Bible says the children of Israel knew God by his acts. Late more uh, miracles he does. It's just like you and I today. Some of you relate more uh, if I bring it to home as my mom always says. You know, some of us just know God. Has he given me food today? Did he give me a visa? Has he given me a wife? Has he given me a husband? Has he given me a child? Has he given me a job? Has he given me the money I want? That's how we know God. But that is very limited. God does not want you to know him in such a way. Because what happens when he doesn't give you the visa? What happens? When the very person you've been praying for doesn't get healed. What happens when that person whom you so love, you watch them take their last breath and they die. What happens? Do you give up? Do you walk away? I want to give you a testimony. A lot of you have heard my testimony. But this is what the Lord has done in my life. This is who I am. At the age of 12, I was 12 years old. And, and that year, my mom was really sick at that time. She was really so sick and I had been praying. I don't know about you, but I commend you parents who bring your children to church. And for those of you who are not bringing your children to church, I would say please, from today or from next Sunday or whatsoever day your service is, start bringing the children to church. I am a child, I grew up as a child in, in church. I grew up um, in Sunday school. I basically started like all the others in the, in the small Sunday school. I don't know if, what they call them in the baby Sunday school. Then I went to the middle class Sunday school. Then I went on to graduating upwards. Praise the name of the living God. But I want to thank God who to, for God for my mother. My mother took me to church each and every single time. I remember the days when we would spend time up to 3 p.m. And you know in Uganda it's different. Here the children come and they have popcorn. They come and they have bananas in the back there and Aunt Roslyn cuts apples for them and somebody has cooked spaghetti and rice and meatballs for them. Praise the Lord. We went to church and there was nothing like that. If you answered scripture or maybe you kept quiet for so long and you were the best student, you would get half a piece of a banana. A banana. I remember that very well. But we went, nevertheless, my mom took me. So I grew up in church. 
I did not know so much about Jesus, but I knew the name of Jesus. Every time I would open the Bible, you know those small uh, New Testament Bibles who were given by the missionaries in Kampala. I would open it even at the age of 10, and I would read about Jesus being crucified, and I would cry. I would cry, and I would wonder what pain, what, 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 why did he do this? I never understood what I was doing, but the Lord knew. So, the, so we kept on going to Sunday school, and, 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 and then it was instilled in me that if you're in pain, if you're sadness or anything, you just call on Jesus, whether you know or you don't know, it doesn't matter. So when I got to the age of, I was 12 years old, 10, I mean 10, 11, my mom felt so sick, she, she was so ill. And then um, one, in 2002, she was seriously ill to the point that she could not even cook in the house. She could not do anything. I remember the day they brought her from Kampala and they brought her home to Arua where we were. She was, we ran to go open the car door because I was excited. I hadn't seen my mom in a couple of months. I ran to open the car door. When we opened the car door, my brothers and I all moved backwards. We were all shaken because the woman we knew was not there anymore. She had only, if I can count on her head, maybe 20 hairs standing on her hair. This is a woman who had lash full hair. The woman who had cheeks and had flesh on her had become bones, had become nothing, had shriveled and gone all away. Her fingers were longer than mine times four because there was no flesh anymore. Amen? Praise the name of the living God. Are you still with me? I hope I've not lost you. I'm not trying to get you sad. I just want you to know that there is a God on this earth as long as you live. Amen? So anyway, so when I looked at her, I was taken aback. I didn't know how to react, as children always are. So they brought her in the house. I thought we were excited. We thought mommy has come. She's going to be cooking. She's going to be cleaning. And the next day, mommy did not get out of bed. She stayed in bed. I went and checked. I thought I was excited. The first day, of course, you're excited. You've seen your mom. You want to show her all the things you've learned in these months that she's not been there. I went and made breakfast. I went and made lunch. But then the next day, she's not coming out again. The third day, she's not coming out. And I'm like, my goodness, I think this is a real thing. Then it clicked in my head that she's really sick. She's not going to be the woman whom I've always known anymore. She's not going to be the mom that I've always known anymore. She's going to be that mom who's there but yet also not there because her body, her body cannot do the things that a mom is supposed to do. Amen? So my mom was there in the house. And because I was brought up in the ways of the Lord, teach your children in the ways of the Lord and they'll not depart from me. I am telling you for those parents who say that I don't think that's true because my child has moved a little bit. Trust me, God is going to bring them right back to where they started with the Lord. Amen? You got to trust God. So we were there in the house. In the morning, I would wake up and pray with my little brothers because they're younger than me. And, and we would pray for my mom. We would pray for my mom. Because when we went to prayer palace, I remember we were so little. My mom would take these pictures. And all, not only the pictures, we would go to services. And the late, um, is it Balab Yakubo, would pray. And, and the people were getting healed of HIV AIDS. The lame were walking. So in my little head, I'm like, well... This is the God whom my mom always talks about. Then he ought to heal her. She's going to be healed. That was my faith. And I'm like, God is going to heal my mom. God is going to heal my mom. And we would pray. And then it happened one day. A pastor came from Kampala. And he was coming. He was having a big crusade. And it was written all over the, crusade, the pages there. 
HIV AIDS getting healed, cancer getting healed, the lame walking, bring each and everybody. Now you gotta realize my dad wasn't a believer at that time. But at my 12 year old age, I believed God that he was going to heal my mom. So I had to wait for my dad to leave home so that I can go get a border border to put my mom on, who could not even sit on the border border, but had to be, you know, held in between the two of us, amen? So that we can take her. So we took my mom to this church. And they are praying for everybody. And my mom says, Becky, everybody's looking at me. Everybody's looking at me. Because you know in those days, child of God, you know in those days everybody sees you as thin as nothing. They're like, oh, you have good destiny, amen? It is true, amen? It is true. And that's what my mom, you know, passed away from. I'm not ashamed about it because, you know what, that, that does not even move me one bit. Praise the name of the living God. So anyways, we took her and she was worried. She's like, Becky, they're all looking at me. Becky, look. So anyways, they prayed and I believed and I'm like, God, I know I've taken my mom. I know they have prayed for her and I know she is healed. My mom was busy getting worried and saying, oh, Becky, this and this. I'm like, mommy, you're healed. You're healed. Do you know that the next time you're going to test your blood, it's going to be negative? Do you know that you're going to be perfectly well? Amen. That's all I thought of. I came home and I cooked for my brothers as I've always done. I did what I had to do in the house. And the next week, my mom was admitted to the hospital. Amen. From faith as up as there to this down here, she was admitted at the hospital. At the hospital, it became worse. They took her from the regular place where everybody was into the place that, uh, you know, you are alone, the dying people. It did not take three weeks. It did not take three weeks, my friend. As she's praying, and she starts to repent at about 5 p.m. She repented, she prayed for all of us, and kept on praying. At about seven, she tells me to go call my dad, and I said, no, I'm not going. She says, Becky, you need to go call you, your dad. I said, no, 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 mommy, I'm not going. I'm holding your hand right here. I'm staying right here, amen? I'm staying right here. And in that moment, my mom starts to pray, and then she starts saying, I see Jesus. I see Jesus. Jesus, here I come. Jesus, here I come. Jesus, here I come. And then my mom started breathing her last breath. She took her last breath slowly by slowly, and she says, go call your dad. And I was told to go, so I ran out outside. Within those short moments, she breathed her last breath and went home. What am I trying to tell you? What am I trying to share with you? I want to tell you that God will never fail you. That even though I have been through that, even though that happened to me, even though I went through such circumstance, the God who is always faithful has kept me. And he's kept me until I got to know him. Amen? And I'm telling you that too. That are you going to serve God because of what he can give you and do for you? Or you're going to serve God and say, Lord, I want to know you. I want to know you. I am pretty sure many of you have lost your parents too. I'm pretty sure many of you are orphans in this place. I'm pretty sure your bank account is not perfect as it ought to be. I'm pretty sure your record is not perfect. If they were to pull out your record here and put it here, you would say, you know what? I'm not coming to Dominion anymore. I don't want anybody to see me anymore. Praise the name of the living God. But I want to tell you, it's time we stop looking at God. It's time we stop looking at Jesus for only the things we can receive.
The time is now to look at Jesus for who he is. For he says in the last days I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And they, and they shall prophesy. They shall dream dreams and see visions. It is time to dream the dreams that the Lord talked about, child of God. It is time to see visions. It is time to prophesy. It is not time to be confused anymore. Do you know that we are running the last, we are running on the last minute? Do you know that time is first spent, child of God? Do you know who you are? Or are you walking on this earth? Just say, it's not enough. That's not enough. A visa is nothing. Visas have not taken people to heaven. A visa is nothing. You might say money. You know, I have money now. I have, you know, 200,000. This should make me happy. Can I tell you something? You got to look at Jesus. Money does not make anybody happy. I can tell you in my little, in my little state and smallness of what I am. I have seen money. And I've seen not having, I've, I've been there in the place when you don't have money. I've seen material things and I've been in the place where there is, you know, nothing that I have completely. I know what it means to have and I know what it means to not have. And it's all meaningless. It is all meaningless. We leave Uganda. We promise God. We tell God each and everything. What we're going to do. And then we reach and we get so busy. But he's telling you that the promises I have made, that my arm that I've revealed to you, this Jesus I have given you, the one whom we have read about who suffered, bore your pain and took all each and everything on him. Everything has been laid upon him. This very Jesus is the one I've given you. I'm not giving you that the things you're looking for, they're meaningless. God wants you to have Jesus in the fullness of him. In the fullness of him. Praise the name of the living God. Praise the name of the living God. I am telling you, you can have the most money you have in, that anybody can give you. People can come up to you and give you all sorts of money. You can be a person whose credit history is clear. Bank account is 10 million. Children, you have 100 children. Husband, perfect husband. Wife, perfect wife. Family, most loving family. But it will never give you peace. You got to look at Jesus. You got to look at Jesus. That even when those things are taken away, you're still able to say, God, you remain God. How many remember Job? Job was a man who loved God so so very much but guess what happened when all was taken away he still worshiped who he still worshiped god open with me your bibles in the book of second timothy chapter 1 verses 6 and we will read second timothy chapter 1 verses 6 please read with me feel free to read with me i might not tell you to stand up but i expect you to read the word of god because this is life this is life amen so the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy, chapter 1, verses 6. The Bible says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. 
Rather, join me in suffering for the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. Amen. We've just read about Jesus in Isaiah 53. And we have read that the arm of the Lord has not been revealed to angels, but to you and I. We have read that he, to, to, to none of the angels, he ever called them sons. Amen? He never called them sons. And we know that he's never called them sons. We are the sons and the daughters to God. Amen? And now he's telling us here, he is saying in his word, in verses 9, he has saved us and called us to a holy life. Not because of anything, not because of material things, not because of the things that we think we want. But this is the reason. But because of his own purpose and grace. Praise the name of the living God. Praise the name of the living God. Because of his own purpose and grace. His purpose was to come on this earth. Can you imagine Jesus in all his splendor? Left everything and came and died on the cross just for you and I. That was his purpose. That's it. That was his purpose. That was his purpose, nothing else. And now he's telling us, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. It was his own purpose. And now you two got to carry on, carry, on, carry on the work of God. I'm sorry. You two have to carry on the work of God. You have to stand up and do what he has called you to do. The cross was not just meant to wash your own blood. The cross was meant to empower you, child of God. The cross was to make you to stand up for others. The cross was meant to make you to stand up and carry your cross. Not only that, but to intercede to go and preach the word of God. And to others, praise the name of the living God. And Paul says here in the word of God, he says, um, So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me, his prisoner. Rather join with me in suffering of the gospel by the power of God. Do not be ashamed of Jesus. We've read all the shame he passed through. The cross, the cross had its own shame. Pastor once preached to us here how Jesus was, um, he, was beaten. He told us that um, the, 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 the stuff that he was used to be hit had nails at the end. And, and, and the whip, the whip that was used had nails at the end. And each time they would whip Jesus, it would just tear his skin. He would tear his body. Actually, the Bible says, my bones are all exposed. Amen. Jesus was not just beaten just for the sake of that you see scratches on his head or the things that we watch. The passion of Christ does not even do it justice. Do you know that? I've watched the passion of Christ. And when I read the Bible, when the Bible says my bones are all laid bare. Amen? It is a whole different thing. Yet we feel ashamed for the very one who went on the cross. The very one who decided to reveal his arm to you and I. The very one who carried that cross with no shame. And we feel ashamed to even stand and say Jesus is Lord. We feel ashamed to even say that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Praise the name of the living God. Is that a life that you have been living? Is that a life that I have been living? I'm calling on you today. As Paul says in the word of God, join me in the suffering. Join me in the suffering. Do not be ashamed. 
You cannot just be for yourself, child of God. To be for yourself is to be selfish. And I know it is so easy for some of us to think because I sweep the church, that's it. God did not call you to sweep the church only. In fact, if it was to sweep the church, the angels would have been brought to sweep the church. Praise the name of the living God. The angels would sweep this church better than you and I. This, this, this carpet would have been white instead of this color it is by now. Your purpose is Jesus. Your purpose is not anything else. Your purpose is found in your purpose is found in Jesus. It is through Jesus and unto Jesus. Everything revolves around Jesus. This Bible from Genesis to, Re to Revelation is all about Jesus. You're all about Jesus. If I should say that I'm going to come and preach to you and say it is all going to be well today, then I'm lying. I got to tell you, Jesus... You are going to tell you that you have to lift up your eyes and look at Jesus because time is first spent. Some of us think we're guaranteed for tomorrow. I always tell you that tomorrow may never come. You might say you're going to preach the word to your friends tomorrow, but tomorrow might never come. As beautiful and perfect as you are, wonderfully, beautifully made in the image of God, afternoon might not come. I know you say kapu wecho. I rebuke in Jesus' name. But I'm telling you, you don't know your time. I don't know my time. It is time to take the things of God serious. It is time to crucify the flesh and live for Jesus. It is time to forget about the things of this world, the things that entangle you. Let them go. Get out of them. Kick them off and run the race. The Bible does not tell us that we are walking a walk. The Bible does not tell us that we are jogging, we are jogging. The Bible tells us that we are running a race, we are in a race. We are not in, um, how do you call it, power walking. You know power walking when they walk so fast? You're not practicing power walking. That's not what you came to do on this earth. We are in a race. Where are you in that race? with the very purpose that you were created, with the very reason that you are created. You know that you are the reason Jesus went to the cross. I know he is the reason. He came to fulfill his purpose. What about you? I was telling you, you might not see afternoon because we're not guaranteed. You might not see tomorrow. We're not guaranteed. I'm standing here. I don't know tomorrow. I don't know if my daddy will wake up tomorrow and say, Becky, I want you home. Goodness, I would be more than glad. Amen? I don't know if my father will tell me, oh, next year, Becky, I want you home. But in this time, in this moment that I have breath, I got to do the work of God. And so do you, child of God. There's no more time for sitting and relaxing. There's no more time for looking for which pastor preaches best. Is in the word of God a flame of fire, a hammer that crashes every rock? Didn't he say in his word that the, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. You are anointed. What are you still sitting waiting for? Why don't your friends at work know about Jesus? Yes, I know you don't go to work to preach Jesus. Yes, but, but, but in your break time, 
In the moment that you are with them there, why don't they know about Jesus? Why are you embarrassed about Jesus? Why are you ashamed to even mention the name? Why are you ashamed that even they should know that you are Christ's own child? Child of God, it is high time everybody at your workplace know that that's a Christian. Just like they marked the Jews, that's a Christian. It is time for everybody to know you are for Jesus. And when everybody knows you are for Jesus, that means your legs are not apart. That means you're in one place. Praise the name of the living God. That means you have chosen and made a choice. You gotta make a choice. We've listened to enough sermons. We've sat for too long. We've done so many things for too long. But you cannot keep on going on doing the same. I want to tell you something. There's something marvelous that the Lord was telling me this week. And I remember it. And it's about, you know, prayer. Sometimes we go and forget because, you know, we are church people. We are amazing church people. We love to pray. We can pray from morning to evening. Thank God for that. It is good. But you know what? Your kneeling down on the ground and praying is not going to cause the angel to go and preach to Sister Scovia to get saved. Did you know that? The angel is not going to go to preach to Sister Flavia. It is you to preach to Sister Flavia. It is you to preach to Sister Deborah, whoever she is. You can pray until these knees turn like dark like a horse's knees. But God is not going to send an angel. To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? To angels? To anybody? It's to man. It's to you and I. It is time to pick up your purpose. You can say, my purpose, my purpose is singing. But the true reality is that God did not call you to sing. He called you to worship him. And when you worship him, that the hearts of man may change and that they may accept Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So you guess what? That has more to it. That means you all, you have to spend time in the presence of God. Because just singing is not going to change the hearts of man. Just me jumping here and singing and say, is not going to change your heart to say, you know what? Now I accept Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. What I do in my private time in the closet with the Lord is what is going to cause that when I say, you will jump for Jesus and get healed. You will jump for Jesus and say, I want to go back and be in the presence of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. You have to spend time with Jesus. You cannot preach the word of God to anybody unless you spend time with Jesus. You cannot pray for anybody. The, the, the scripture says that those who believe will lay their hands on the sick and they shall get healed. This scripture cannot get to life unless you spend time with life itself. Unless you spend time with life himself, this scripture will not come to life. You open it as a regular book. That's why sometimes you'll come and find, or oh, maybe those days, I remember those days, you find the Bible, they opened it, they placed it there. They opened the Bible, they threw it somewhere there. Because it is not, the revelation is not there. Child of God, it is time to lock up your door. It is time to get off all the 20, 40 hours we spend on Facebook. We invest on Facebook, on Instagram, and all those things that make, you know, that there is this app that, that, that amazes me. It makes people have noses like a dog. You know it? 
people know what it is. But everybody loves it. Yes, Pastor Peace? You know it? Ah, Pastor Peace knows it. I've also seen it, Pastor Peace, but I don't know how they call it. But people love it so much. It makes your nose look like a dog, and then you have ears here and stuff, and then they put on Facebook. I don't know in the world why you would spend 10 minutes of your time making yourself look like a dog. You are created in the perfect image of God. You are God's child. Why do you want to look like a cat? A cat looks like itself. A cat has never desired to look like you. We are the ones who force cats and dogs to look like us. You know, we dress it, we give it shoes, we give it a jacket in the winter, and then we give it a mask. These days, I don't know if people are giving their cats masks or dogs masks, amen? You know, we worry about things that don't need to be worried about. Those little things you see, those little things, they're taking your time from Jesus. It's taking your time. Anything the devil can do to just distract you, is enough. If he can get your attention on that phone call that you're there on the phone for about the next 20 minutes, talking about sister, talking about brother, talking about things that are not of the kingdom of God, things that are not going to build and bring glory to Christ, he will take that moment. Give him a little step and he will take it. The Bible says he is like a roaring lion looking for who to devour any of you ever watched um, the wildlife um, documentaries and seen when a, when, a, when a lion is hungry, when it sees somebody, when it sees something, it just wants to grab it. That's what your enemy is like. Your enemy is like a roaring lion and you want to spend time putting on dog ears and dog nose and putting on Facebook, Instagram, and which one? Shut it off, child of God. You don't have no time. We are running in the last minute. I am telling you. I don't know tomorrow. You don't know tomorrow. Somebody preached to us here. I don't know if it was pastor or someone was telling us a story that people came back from the COVID season when they opened up churches. They had pictures, you know, of members who had died on the chairs, on the empty chairs. No, none of us is guaranteed here. I wish you would know that child of God. We are not guaranteed. That's why we're called to a holy life. That's why we're read in 2 Timothy. The Bible says we're called to a holy life because we're not guaranteed. Today we might see all this beautiful, all of us sitting here and tomorrow it's a different generation and we're gone. Because we are going wonderful. I always say, we are going home. My pastor always says something wonderful. I always say, whenever he says it, I say in, in Jesus' name I rebuke it. But I don't even know, now I'm the one saying it. Oh, I don't know if it's because I'm standing here, but you know, but, but he always says, you never know. Any one of us could die tomorrow, I could go tomorrow. And then I say rebuke it. But, but then, the reality is, any of, any of us could go tomorrow. Any of us could go the very next moment. Are you ready? Now you're going to tell me, me, I am ready. I fast, I pray, I, every, um, I do everything. But remember, when we stand before God, we're going to be asked. You're going to be accountable for all the brothers and sisters you looked at. Those ones you took for granted. And you say, uh-uh. Oh no, this one I can't preach because it might punch me in the face. And this one is nice. Yeah, the way she's dressed, I can go preach to her and approach her and talk to her. You're going to be asked for that very person you passed by. 
You're going to be asked for all those people that you passed by at No Frills. All those people you passed by at the superstore. Some of you love to go to Costco. All those people in the line you passed by Costco and you looked at them and you talked about how much the blanket was. You talked about that the blanket is on sale or the mask or the toilet paper is on sale but you could not talk about Jesus. You're going to be asked for that person. One time somebody said, when we reach in heaven, that we will cry. We will cry because God will show us all the good things that were meant for us. You know, maybe Pastor Peace God had said, you're going to drive a Lamborghini, but you're still here. You will drive it. Amen. You know, let's say somebody, God said they would drive a Lamborghini, they would have a five-star house or something like that. I don't know what people want these days. Because you know what? I will be honest with you, my mind is off of that thing. There's a time I loved it so much, but God has showed me the reality. But Becky, the peace does not come because of those things. Amen? So this person said, we'll stand in, in heaven and cry because God will show us all the beautiful houses, all the things that we had, all the whatever that we need to. But you know what? That's not it. We're not going to cry really for the things that we missed. You're going to be in tears and deep pain when you watch brother so-and-so walk to hell, sister so-and-so go to hell, and you're there standing, and you're there watching. The Bible says the Holy Spirit grieves, makes intercession for us with deep groanings. Why do you think he's making intercession with deep groanings? Because he has nothing better to do? No, because the time to pray, because he loves to cry, or because he loves to make deep groanings? No, because the, 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 the father is aching for his lost children. God is crying for the lost God is aching for those who do not know him. God is aching. God wants those who do not know him. Bless the name of the Lord. That is why he makes groanings with deep intercession. You know, the deep groanings with utterances that cannot be told in a language that you and I even cannot understand. Sometimes you pray, you might not go in the language, but you find yourself moving back and forth. You're just praying. You don't know why you're moving. You're shaking. You don't know why. Because the Holy Spirit is interceding for those who have not accepted Christ. He's not interceding for the car you want. He's not interceding for the, the Gucci. I don't, it's not Gucci. Gucci is the expensive one. Louboutin. Yeah, I think that's the one everybody likes. He's not interceding for the Louboutin that you think you really want. He came to intercede through us for the lost souls. And it is time you pick up your Bible and become the walking Bible. Pastor always tells us you might be somebody's Bible. You might be somebody's Bible. But I'm telling you, don't just be a Bible that is that only has particular that, that is only flipped on particular pages. Just some, you know, there are some pages, scriptures you like, some scriptures you don't like. If the Bible says give, giving part, Amen. When the Bible says live a holy life, holy life, I don't want the holy life. But giving, I will give. When the Bible says love, love, you don't want to love. 
But when the Bible says, you know what? Um, you simple hatred, oh, um, too quick. Your feet should not be too quick to go take, you know, gossip or hatred or words and which one and stuff. Then there you say, I don't talk. I'm so quiet. I'm so gentle. That one, I'm good with it. Child of God, you got to be the whole Bible. You got to be the whole Bible. You have to be the whole Bible. There's no more time. There is no more time. The time is gone. The time is gone. I am urging you today, by the mercies of God, and with the conviction of the Holy Spirit alone, that he will convict your hearts, that you'll not settle for less. Getting salvation is not about coming to church and having a church, that you have a very good pastor, and you have I mean, very good pastors, and you have a church that is open whenever you can come. That's not it. That's not it. Salvation is about you receiving Jesus and giving Jesus. So whatever you're looking for in salvation comes through Jesus. Don't you know that the Bible says in the book of Colossians, everything was created in Jesus, through Jesus, and to Jesus. So if you're looking for anything, it is in Jesus. So you gotta be, you gotta start right now looking for Jesus, staying in Jesus, giving unto Jesus, and walking in Jesus. Everything has to be about Jesus. Look at Jesus. Look at Jesus. This world is not going to give us anything. But look at Jesus. This world is not going to give you the peace you think. Look at Jesus. If the world could give you peace, you got your visa, you came to Canada, are you at peace? If Canada would give peace, you said, I'll get a visa, I'll go to Canada, and I'll get a job, and I'll be at peace, it, it is all well. Well, now you have the opportunity. You even work two jobs, or three jobs, or four jobs. Are you at peace? If the jobs would give peace, you said I would get a job. Once I get the job, I get four jobs. I'm working for jobs. I will buy all the best dresses the world can give. And I'll put on the most expensive shoes. Child of God has the most expensive shoes or dress given you peace. If it has not given you peace, you thought that you would get married and then that wife would give you peace. She'll cook food every day. Whenever I get home, there will be warm food. I will not go shower cold water. The signs be there. You thought that the wife will iron the clothes and everything will be perfect. Son of man, do you have peace? You thought that if you married that wife, then it's all settled. You never have to think. After all, you went to school. You got the best job. And now you've done the next thing that the world requires you to do, which was what? Mary, you've married that wife. Do you have peace? There's no peace in that. And you thought, well, if I could not find peace in my husband or, ch or, 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 or wife, then the children will bring me peace. You've given birth to your first and your second. In your heart, there's still a hole. I guarantee that. There's only one person. His name is Jesus. There's only one person. His name is Jesus. I have done it all. 
I have seen it all and I can speak to it. I have found peace in only Jesus. Rise up and let's worship him. Rise up and let's worship the Lamb of God. Rise up and let's worship the Lamb of God. If there is any hand clap, just give it to God himself because he alone deserves the worship. He alone deserves the worship. Father, we worship you this day. Come on, lift your hands and start thanking him for who he is. Start thanking him for who he is. Start worshiping him for who he is. I have made you too small in my eyes. Start worshiping him for who he is. Start telling him, Lord, I have spent my time on so many things that are meaningless. But I am coming back. I want to know you. Jesus. Oh Lord, my eyes are on you. Be magnified. Just look at Jesus. Oh Lord, be magnified. Be magnified. You Oh, 